Welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. So now, let me just go ahead and have you, if you would, turn in your Bible to Ruth chapter 3, the book of Ruth chapter 3, and we're going to share part 2 of developing a deeper relationship with the Lord. And uh, we have been walking through the book of Ruth, and as you're finding your place there, I'll remind you that it's been a wonderful journey these last several weeks, uh, last few months, as we've been going through this book verse by verse this wonderful historical love story between Ruth, that Moabite widow, and Boaz, the godly man from Bethlehem, godly, faithful man, uh, a wealthy man, but an honorable man in Bethlehem in Israel. And we've also been talking about the overarching theme of redemption, this picture of Christ, the, the Messiah, and the believer, the church, the believer, and that picture of redemption that we see in this book of Ruth. And so that's been the overarching theme, the umbrella. But then also under that, we saw in chapter 1, we saw the mistakes that were made by Limelech and his wife Naomi and their two sons as they left during famine and went into Moab. And we saw the 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 title of that mini-series in that chapter, Mistakes to Avoid While Dealing with Tragedy. Uh, we also saw in chapter 2, as Ruth comes and she trusts in the Lord, trusts in the God of Israel, and we saw keys to inviting God to work through you, as she invited God to work through her. We're seeing that now in chapter 3. And in chapter 3, now in the part of developing a deeper relationship with the Lord, as this relationship with Boaz is on the fast track. And that's what we're going to be looking at again tonight. Part two of that, as we began last week in chapter three, sharing about this developing a deeper relationship, and as Ruth pursued a deeper relationship with Boaz, so we too can learn to develop a deeper relationship with the Lord. Uh, like Ruth, we must not be satisfied just with the scraps, just with a surface relationship. Uh, we, don't, we don't rely on leftovers or just gifts, but we want the Lord himself. That's what we want. We want a deeper relationship, just like Ruth wanted Boaz himself, not just the gifts that he could give. We want something more. Ruth wanted something more. We want something more. Boaz wanted something more. The Lord wants more with us. And like Ruth, we must desire the Redeemer, our Savior himself. And so that's what we've been looking at here in chapter 3. Because when we have him, we have not just the gifts that he can give, not just the blessings he can provide, but we have him Himself, We have the, the Master, the Savior, the Lord Himself, and we have all that He owns. We don't have just the gifts, but we have the gift giver. And it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, relationship that we can have with Him. And so we talked about how can we do that. 
How do we begin to develop that deeper relationship? And so we talked about last week as we read the first five verses, and just to kind of recap that, we talked about we must prepare ourselves for the Redeemer just as Ruth prepared herself for Boaz. And in doing so, she had to have an instructor and some instructions. And Naomi served as that instructor to tell her the ways of the, the Hebrews, the ways of the Jews, for Ruth, who did not know, we have the word of God that instructs us in what we are to do. And so therefore we have a true instructor, just like Ruth had a instructor of truth in Naomi. But we also have to prepare ourselves, not just again, you know, once we have the instruction, we have to prepare ourselves to meet the Lord, just as Ruth prepared herself to meet. Boaz, who would become her redeemer. We see the instructions that Naomi gave. We see the instructions that are in God's word. And I'm not going to go through all of them other than to say she washed herself. She cleaned herself up. Again, this is after she'd already trusted in the Lord. Again, the Lord cleans us up. We come to him just as we are, repenting and believing when we get saved. But once we're saved, we ought to put thought. We need to lead a holy life. And if we don't lead a godly life, then we have hindrances in a relationship. And so therefore, to approach him, we must remove those and clean ourselves up. Ask him to forgive us, which removes those hindrances. And that's what Ruth was instructed to do, to wash herself. But also, she was instructed to anoint herself. And we, too, must anoint ourselves. If we're going to worship the Lord, if we're going to go to Him, we need to make ourselves smell and glow, if you will, with spiritual things. And so, therefore, spending time in God's Word, spending time around God's people, spending time in God's things, and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives to make our lives glow as that oil would. And then also, she changed her clothes. She took off the old robes of the widow and she put on the new clothes, the very best that she had. And that's not so much a testament on how we come to church or we have to get dressed up to come to God, but we are to put on the new nature and we are to take thought in what we are doing as we approach Him. And then we must determine to obey. If we want to approach God, we've got to come with the idea he's the king and whatever he says, I will do. And that's what Ruth had to do as well. And then we see this week that we must not just prepare ourselves for the Redeemer, but we must submit to the Redeemer. And so therefore, let us pick up in verse 6, and we're going to read to verse 14. We're not going to read through the rest of the chapter, just to 14, and let's pick up where we left off. And she, now this is after she'd been given the instructions of what to do uh, with Boaz, as far as to find where he was at, wait till he had eaten, wait till he laid down, mark the place where he was, because it was going to be very dark, and then mark that place and go and lay at his feet. And then when she would speak to him, she was to uncover his feet, and then when, she would, when he would speak to her, she was to identify herself and then ask him basically to throw the mantle or that blanket over her, and that was her, her way of proposing. We're going to see that, and then we're going to see his response here tonight. But we must submit ourselves to the Lord, to the Redeemer, just as she had to submit herself to Boaz. And so how do we do that? How do we submit ourselves? If we're trying to dive in to a deeper relationship, how do we do that? Let's read in verse 6. 
And she went down, chapter 3 in Ruth, verse 6. And she went down unto the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight, the man was afraid, or he was startled, and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning inasmuch as thou foulest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is a true that I am thy near kinsman, howbeit there be a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he shall perform unto thee the part of the kinsman, well... Let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of the kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee. As the Lord liveth, lie down until morning. And she laid his feet until morning, and she rose up before one could know another. And he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us to understand what you are saying in your word. Help us to understand our need to submit to you. But in in submitting to you that you would, for the purpose, Lord, of diving deeper, developing a deeper relationship with you. We always need to submit. But God, that we prepare ourselves for you. That we would submit ourselves to you so that we can have a deeper relationship and feast at your table and feast in your presence, and God, more than just get gifts, more than just get blessings, Father, we can have you. Father, I pray that you would help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the concept is this. We must submit to the Redeemer. We're going to look at what Ruth did again, and we're going to see the things that were there for her, and then how that applies to you and to me. Number one, she fell, and we are to fall, at the feet of our Redeemer. We're to fall at the feet. She fell at the feet of Boaz, who is going to be her kinsman Redeemer, or who she was asking to be her kinsman Redeemer. We are to fall at the feet of our Lord and God, our glorious Savior, Jesus Christ. We are to fall at his feet. Ruth fell at the feet of Boaz. Now, in this chapter, we see the word feet four different times, but also over in uh, in a previous chapter, we saw that she fell at his feet. And this is the second time that she is at his feet here that we're reading here in this passage. She was at his feet the first time when he spoke gracious words to her in chapter 2 and was kind to her and blessed her, and she fell down at his feet. She bowed herself, her face down to the ground. The idea was she fell at his feet, saying, Why have I found favor in your eyes, and why have you shown me this kindness? Because he had taken notice of her, and that was the first time. This is the second time where she comes quietly in the night, in the dark. She marked where he was. Understand this, just back up for one second. The farmers there, they would, they would harvest the wheat or the barley. 
And then they would take and they would take turns on the threshing floor. They would lay that down. In some places, in some places they would have the cattle trod over it or they would beat it. And this place would be on an elevated platform, usually on a hill perhaps. So then once they did that, they would toss it up in the air and the wind, the breeze, would catch the chaff and blow that away and you'd be left with the wheat. And so that's what they're doing. They're, they're, they're uh, on the threshing floor. And, the, and here it is. It's night now. There's, there's no light in there. You can hardly see anything or you can't see anything. And she had marked where he was going to be at. And she goes over to his bed, not in an in a inappropriate way at all. She lays not on the bed with him, but she lays on the ground at his feet. And she uncovers his feet. And that was a symbol of she was, she was basically proposing to him. But she goes to his feet. She lays at his feet. Uh, she descri- and she's proposing marriage uh, is what she's doing there. By taking his feet and then she's going to ask him to cover her with that quilt, with that blanket, if you will, with that covering. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But notice that she submitted to him by laying at his feet. She also submitted to him by at his feet. When he speaks to her, he can't see who it is. It's dark in there, can't see her face. He just realizes there's somebody there. And so therefore she says, it is your handmaid. You say, what's the significance of that? Your handmaid. She's submitting herself. I'm your servant. She, by the way, she doesn't describe herself as she had before as a Moabitess woman or as a widow, but now there's a new change, and she is proposing marriage to him and is a new beginning for her, and she is at his feet submitting as his handmaid, and that's what she was doing. And she asked him to spread his skirt is what the, the King James says, and some translations it says the mantle or the blanket. But either way, the idea of asking him to spread the skirt over her was a proposal of marriage. They said, well, should not, I mean, obviously Boaz had his eye on her. Obviously Boaz was interested in her. Shouldn't she have waited? Well, I think we see why later, because she was a younger woman. He was an older man. And he says over uh, in verse 10, you, uh, you did not uh, follow the young men, whether poor or rich, but he had, she had chosen him. And so therefore she was saying, hey, you may not have otherwise asked, but I'm going to show my interest in you and basically ask you to marry me is what she was doing. And so therefore here she was. And she asked him to spread that skirt. And basically that spreading of the skirt, to kind of give you the Jewish tradition, is that when a person would spread their skirt or their covering, their mantle, over a person, they were taking ownership of that person or they were claiming that person for themselves. I think of Elijah when he cast his mantle upon uh, Elisha. He was passing on, but also the idea of claiming him as his own. And so, therefore, that's the picture that we see her. She's asking him to claim me as your own. Uh, also, the idea of the skirt is the same idea as the wing. She was going to come 
under his wing. She had already come under the wing of the Lord and submitted to him by, I'm going to make your God my God when she's talking to Naomi, but now she's saying, I want to come under your wing, under your authority, under your leadership as husband. That's what I am wanting to do. And so therefore, she fell at the feet of her would-be redeemer. We are to fall at the feet of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, we fall, we are to fall at his feet for mercy and for grace. We certainly fall at his feet, and we are to fall at his feet in prayer. Uh, we are to fall at his feet in worship. Uh, we are to fall at his feet for uh, learning, for teaching. I think of Mary. Remember Mary and Martha in the New Testament. And Martha was busy working and getting things ready for the meal, but Mary was sitting at his feet. And that's where we're to be. That doesn't mean we're not to serve. I simply mean that there we are. We are to be at Jesus' feet for worship, for prayer, for submission, for, for learning. We are to be at Jesus' feet, submitting and yielding ourselves to our Lord, our Savior, our God. That's what we are to do. Uh, we fall at his feet and we ask him. See, he has already shown an interest in us. The Bible said he first loved us. We, the Bible tells us that he died on the cross for us, for the forgiveness of our sins. But when we come to him and we cast ourselves at his feet and beg for his mercy and grace and say, Father, forgive me, and we come under, or we say, we come under the wing of the Father and of the Savior. And here we are, we're asking him to save us, to redeem us, to make us his own, just as Ruth had done with Boaz, so we are to do with the Lord. And so therefore, we're submitting to him for a, as a saved person, so that's for salvation, but as a saved person still, we come to him and say, Lord, I want a deeper relationship with you. I want more with you. I don't want just the surface salvation relationship, but that is the time of new beginning for me and a new journey for me and a new life for me, and I want so much more. It's a new beginning when we submit to the Savior and we come under his wing, just as she was doing with Boaz. Do you see the picture there? Do you see the illustration? Yes, it's a historical event, but it's also a wonderful, beautiful picture of redemption of us and our Savior, our Redeemer, just as she was with her Redeemer. So therefore, we're to fall at his feet. Second thing tonight is we're to embrace what he says. Embrace what he says. Ruth listened to Boaz. Ruth listened to Boaz. Boaz accepted her proposal, and she listened intently. When we're calling on someone to be our Savior, our God, our Master, our Lord, just as she was calling on him to be her husband and her Redeemer, your, in, your, your love and your care and you have interest and what they say, and therefore she had a great interest in what he was going to say, and he accepted her proposal. Number one, we see that he calls her his daughter. That doesn't mean literally daughter. It was a term of endearment. It was a term of kindness. You are family. You're going to be family to me. 
Also, he pronounced, we see that in verse 11. In verse 10, we see, he said, Blessed be thou, the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast, uh, uh, also in verse 10 she says daughter, but blessed be thou, the Lord. It was a blessing because of her character and because of what she had done, he was blessing her. That was an important thing for her to listen to. Also, she listened to his voice because he assured her that he was going to do all that she had asked. Notice it says, fear not. Fear not. And then he goes on to say, I will do. Verse 11, uh, and now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou hast requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am a near kinsman, howbeit there be a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then I will do the part of a kinsman to thee. As the Lord liveth, lie down until morning. And so here he is, he assures her, fear not, and then he promises to do all that she has asked. Now, how does that apply to you and to me and our relationship and going deeper with the Lord? Well, number one, we must listen to our Lord and Savior. So therefore, we embrace what he says just as Ruth was to embrace what Boaz says. He accepts us. We need to listen to his words and listen to his love and listen to his care and listen to his compassion as we read in his word. Just like she called, Boaz called Ruth daughter, so our God and our Savior have terms of endearment for us. We are God's children. When we are saved, we are adopted into the family. We are redeemed from sin and from the devil, and we are adopted into the family. And when that happens, we become the children, the sons and daughters of God. And not only that, but we also become brothers with Jesus Christ. Now, not literally brothers, but because Jesus is the Son of God, we are also children of God, and therefore we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother in Jesus Christ. Not only that, but we are joint heirs with Christ. And we're told this in God's Word. We need to listen to how wonderful it is to be a child of God, how wonderful it is to be redeemed by the God of the universe, how wonderful it is to have that claim. And therefore, I don't have to find uh, some kind of self-worth in myself. I find worth in who I am because of who He is and what He has called me. And so therefore, he desires a close relationship with me because I am his son. He desires a close relationship with you because you are his child if you're saved. And if you're not saved, he wants a relationship with you in, to begin with. But here's the deal. He wants a deeper relationship with you, and therefore we too ought to seek a deeper relationship with him. I want you to see this too before we finish tonight. It was the voice of Boaz that assured Ruth. You with me? 
Ruth was sitting there in pitch blackness. Boaz couldn't see who she was. It wasn't like he didn't recognize her. He'd already spent time with her. He'd already taken interest in her. It wasn't like he's going to forget what she looks like. But he says, who are you? He notices it was a woman. That's all he could tell. But he says, who are you? It was so dark in there, they couldn't really see each other's faces. At least not their features. Couldn't identify one another. Why is that important? It was the voice of Boaz that Ruth identified and that gave her peace. She made a request. He answered to the affirmative, and it gave her peace. We cannot literally see the face of God. We cannot literally see the face of our Savior. But when he speaks, he says, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. They know me. And therefore, when we hear his voice, we find assurance. There's times that we might be without assurance, but when God speaks to us, when we call on him and he speaks to us, oh, my, my friends, I want you to see that we don't see the face of God, but we hear his voice, and because we know his voice, we don't have to fear. Oh, it's important that we listen. But also the fact that when we hear his voice and we hear his words of love and kindness and compassion, we also hear his words of promise that he will do all for us that is required. And he has done all for us that was required. He sent his son to die on the cross and pay our price. There's nothing more required other than for us to believe by faith and call on him in his holy name. And I'm telling you what a wonderful, wonderful thing it is that when God has made a promise, he will keep his promise. When God begins, what God begins, he will Finish. And the Bible says that he has begun a good work in us and he will see it through. That's what we can know. That's what we can hear. That's what we can read. And that gives us peace. But we have to submit. We have to submit to him. We have to prepare to meet him. And when we do, we have to submit to him. Just as Ruth prepared to meet Boaz just like Ruth submitted to Boaz, we learn from this and see that if we want to go deeper in our relationship with God, oh, listen, we have a choice in what we will do, but will you decide, will you decide today that I want not just a surface relationship, but I want to scratch through the surface. I don't want just a saving relationship. Oh, if that's the only thing I ever got from God was to be saved and to be redeemed and on my way to heaven, that would be enough. But all because he's done that, I want to know him more. I want to study his word. I want a closer walk. Oh, listen, I'm telling you, church, there's times when sin and the devil get a hold of me, and I don't. But I'm telling you right now, we have to decide, yes, that's what I want. Yes, that's what I'll do. I will listen, and by the grace of God, I will walk closer to him. And Ruth, by the grace of God, and as he, as he she invited him to use her, and then she is being used, and she will be a great part of the story of redemption, both here and in the redemption of mankind to come. Oh, my friends, what a story in Ruth we see. What a love story. What a story of mercy and grace. What a story of redemption. What a story of our God and our Savior. Won't you submit to him today? If you've never submitted to him, won't you call on him today? My friend, it is worth it all.
Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for a chance to come into your presence again, the throne of grace. And I thank you for a chance that we have through your Holy Spirit and through your word to walk closer, to dig deeper. And God, I pray that you would help me not just to say these words, but to mean it with all my heart. And God, thank you for the desire that you've given in these recent days to know you better. God, let it not just be surface. Let it not just be emotion. Let it not just be a, a, a knowledge in my mind. But God, let your faith, let my faith grow. Let me grow in the knowledge of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help me, I pray. Help me to convey that message to others. Help me to point others to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you.